Johan and I are the same person. We can't be in the same room at the same time. <laughs> what we don't tell the wife is we start the day healthy and then lunch is just two or three chocolate bars. Muesli is a starter and then like sausage butty on the commute to the office, isn't it? <laughs> the builder's in next door. Yeah. It's yeah. a euphemism. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> A euphemism for what? Yeah. Just wondering if you're going to be a little bit more grumpy today or something like that. Yeah. What is it a euphemism for, please? Some code we created so we could talk between each other without um, women understanding what we're saying. Oh, lovely. How do you feel, uh, Johan, about misogynistic attitudes generally? Because John doesn't do anything other than turn up and take lots of digs at me. That's his entire job. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a job description in itself. Everything He's else. He's very good at it. He's yeah. Very good. Fragile ego, that's what <laughs> Overcompensating. Yeah. <laughs> you, you ever watched Taskmaster? Indian I bet you bloody love that, don't you, right? I do love Taskmaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Indian uh, John's little thing is like the little bit of banter that happens at the front of Taskmaster, where Indy is Alex Horn. Um, that just gets bullied, that's basically what happens. That <laughs> you actually used the word and identified it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you yeah, might like it, being one of our biggest fans. It doesn't count when you've only got one. Ouch, ouch, mate. Anyway. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Digital's Inner Crawl World podcast. This is our 14th episode now, so super exciting that we're finally here. Double digits, very exciting. And we have a great guest on to talk about a product that none of us really know much about, although we try to make it sound like we do. Let's find out what's been going on in our world. Ryan, what's going on with you? Thanks, John. Yeah, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Probably the, the biggest thing is the fact that I've been announced as a visionary by the Early Adopters Hub, only one of three people, of which, John, you are one of those as well. So it's been an amazing to be recognised by the team at Early, Early Adopters Hub about that and uh, the work we do with new tech startups in the UK. Yeah, it's very exciting to get that status. And even <clears throat> with just three of us in there, there's certainly a pecking order, isn't there? And we all know who's at number one. So uh, it's all it's me? fun. It's not, it's not you, no. Oh. There's somebody with hair at the top and then there's a couple of bald chaps underneath. That sounds like another web page. And yeah, there you go. So Indy, our amazing producer, person that keeps us under control, gives us stick, etc. Our rampant rabbit of the pod. How is your couple of weeks going? Johan is there with his head in his hands right now. And I'm just describing this scene because you really, really are something else. John Toon. No wonder you are described as a visionary. I can believe it. Thank you. I'm good. Thanks, John. Thanks for that lovely intro. I am very excited because I'm going to the Digital Accountancy Awards event Friday with a few others and we're going to hope for the win. And if we don't, then all the tables are getting thrown over, I'm sure. And outside of that, came off this morning of payment innovation workshop with Cresco, Comma, Libio, and Iwaka, and it was great to talk about why the innovations are taking place in that, that space. And our lovely guest today was also on it. So I do want to ask his opinion on it, Johan, but that's a conversation for another day. So all good. Good. And you saved it well. You managed to remember Iwaka at the end. You did well. And Johan, our amazing guest, our QBO expert for the pod today. How has your week been going? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. Uh, busy week after taking two days out yes, uh, last week for the QuickBooks Connect virtual event. So yeah, lots of exciting updates, new toys to play with. I've got to do some actual work as well, I suppose, but we'll see. <laughs> good stuff. And I'm sure we'll be catching up on the QuickBooks Connect event because there's lots of news coming out of that. 
So without further ado, let's move on to that news. Cool. Unbelievable, John. You did that. He did it in that way, Ryan, because he knows that I can't edit it out. He did, we had this chat the other day, John. We had this chat and I thought we were on the same page, but you just, you know. Was that on Friday? No. I'd had quite a lot of beer on Friday. Yeah, and we had an agreement. But you I don't wait remember. Now. I don't remember. You I, do remember. I've been, to, you, I, you, I had, I've been drinking since 12. And when did we talk? Like eight o'clock in the evening, it was all over by then. John, you seem to be out having drinks every time it is, I see or speak to you. Every time. <laughs> it is an unfortunate uh, recurring theme. I was out on Thursday night at a networking event and I'm in London tomorrow to go and have a few beers with the circuit boys as well. Kicking off app news this week, uh, really topical to start off. QuickBooks have just come off the back of QuickBooks Connect in the UK and made some big announcements around tax preparation and filing and accounts preparation for micro entities, including CT600. So sounds very familiar probably to those of us who are used to using zero tax. And I'm fairly certain that our fab guest, Johan, will be talking a little bit more about the detail of what else they announced uh, in the interview shortly. So big things moving in the QuickBooks space. Pivoting from QuickBooks into Xero, a very small update. They are refreshing the Xero dashboard. It's getting a new look. Delving into the detail of this, it looks like it's purely a visual adjustment. So they're not really adding anything. They're not really taking anything away. They're just changing the look and feel of it. They're doing a lot of that at the moment at Xero. It's a lot of back-end work that will enable them to build more functionality going forward. And so the look and feel will be slightly different, but I don't think it's going to be a massive uh, change for anyone. It just, as it's the screen most people land on, I just make an announcement so people are aware. Yeah, and some more news from Zero. The Shermeister, as I like to call him, made a public apology on the Zero blog recently about the state of bank feeds and the poor reliability issues that many users have experienced. Long and short of it was that they blamed their third party provider that they're using for the bank feeds. So they were using OpenWorks that was acquired by Tink. And both of those implementations meant that they had to do a huge amount of work integrating those products into zero and didn't always get it right. So they basically said, hopefully now going forward, those bank feeds will be much more reliable and they will be adding more and more. They reckon they've got about 70 bank feeds live in the UK at the moment. But the rather interesting thing that was mentioned right at the end was that for zero users in Ireland who have been effectively cut off from bank feeds since Brexit, there are plans afoot to get a, an entity registered in Europe so that it can be regulated to reprovide those bank feeds. Why it's taken so long to get there when people like Intuit managed to get there a long, long time ago and, and have foreseen this problem is an interesting question. But it's a challenge for zero because it means that they need boots on the ground to get that EU regulated business set up, which of course they've not had in the past. So an interesting challenge, but something that could definitely have been foreseen and dealt with much, much earlier. Yeah, I'm working with an Irish client at the moment and Zero's excuse for this is that they made an application pretty quickly, but it got stuck in Irish legislation. They were just not pushing this forward. So my assumption, if they're making an announcement, is that they've had a response. This is moving forward and hopefully they've got a timeline. Hopefully that'll be quite quick because it's been very painful for all those Irish entities using Zero and beyond that into Europe. Well, I think there's a massive opportunity there for Zero, isn't there, to use this EU organisation as a springboard to developing the product into Europe. That's probably the direction of travel that we'll get with with Alex uh, in place, because that's certainly his area of expertise from previous roles. 
and uh, you know, massive void for, for Zero in terms of not having a competitive product for, for European countries. John, did Zero say they're still partnering with OpenWorks or Tink now as they've been acquired? Yeah, so still partnering with Tink, which is a you know it's a, it's a good strategy. They've got to work through a third party provider unless they become an, a regulated one themselves, and that's a big challenge in itself. And obviously means that they then go in direct to banks. So we'd have to build those integrations individually per bank themselves, which it's just generally easy to do that through a third party. Do one single integration, which will hopefully be more reliable going forward. I mean, I was just wondering if with the problems they'd had, they were pivoting to a different provider, but looks like they're doubling down to make sure that's more robust. Some more Zero news. Interesting one. Zero and Meta have created a financial wellness program in Asia Pacific. Realistically, this is more of a marketing piece than anything else. So Zero on a, a massive financial wellness drive, which is basically just a term that summarizes the overall financial health of a business and how um, the business can continue to run by managing its finances effectively. So they're looking at how um, businesses have had to adapt to the pressures of COVID and creating a new term that can help springboard the fact that you can work more effectively in real time on zero. Something else as well, this is slightly irritating for us UK partners, is that over in Australia, if you do purchases through the Zero app store, you get Qantas points. So similar to the in-flight mileage points that you get through using an American Express card, you can get something over in Australia. But whereas we get nothing over in the UK. Come on, Zero. Come something on, outrageous. Something. It is. I want some, I don't know, I would say Ryanair points. I'm not sure I want Ryanair points. but uh, Fuel vouchers. <laughs> That's what we need at the moment. <laughs> yeah, fuel vouchers. So if anyone from Zero is listening... Fuel vouchers for us that work with the Zero App Store. 10p off a litre, that's what we want. (laughs) I I caught something. The Zero have announced their position on Ukraine and Russia. So they have extended their support to people directly and indirectly affected by the invasion in Ukraine. They don't have any suppliers or employees or premises in Russia or in Ukraine, but they do have a small number of business customers based in both the countries. So they have announced their formal position to withdraw the software, withdraw its services in Russia. And so they are dealing directly with the affected customers to see that they can take the appropriate action and and get their data out of the system. And in the meanwhile, they are also encouraging employees to to donate funds to the crisis and they'll match the employee donations to a couple of agencies, UNICEF and Medicine Sans Frontiers. So strong position and at least they've been willing to take a stand for it. Yeah, that's interesting. They reacted. If you look at a lot of what the other businesses have done, Zero are not as quick on this. QuickBooks and Sage have announced something similar and are providing support. So I'm not sure if this looks great from zero or not really. Necessarily a matter of looking great. It's just a, a reaction to what's expected of everyone, isn't it? Is that, that people, are, there's a huge amount of pressure on businesses to withdraw from, from Russia. And then on the other side of it, there's obviously the, the whole humanitarian issue around having to try and provide people support for people in Ukraine and, and, and these, the burden of the horrific circumstances that they find themselves in. So it's, it's great that organisations with the you know the financial firepower that they've got are willing to empower their employees to do something and also you know, you'll provide either match funding or QBOs uh, case a, a doubling money that their employees raise. So yeah, it's great to see. Well, it's not great to see really, but it, it's nice that organisations can provide that support. But in an ideal world, we wouldn't be in this position. 
Moving on, we've just picked up that uh, Giacan have announced uh, an integration with FreshBooks. So Giacan will be very, very familiar to quite a few people, particularly if you're in the, the Zero uh, QuickBooks space and using Google Suite, G Suite, because that's a, a direct integration between between products. So FreshBooks really just you know following the market there has a huge presence in, in Canada, North America in particular, not as big here in the UK and other territories, but following a trend. And those kind of integrations can be very helpful when there's when there's a bit of a gap either in reporting or when you want to be able to do things like bulk imports of journals and stuff. And certainly that's um, something slightly problematic in the zero ecosystem at the moment following uh, Intuit's acquisitive moves last year, which have, have cut off some of our lifelines into that space. I assume you're referring to data deer there and, and yeah. the fact that as accountants, we can't form new partnerships with data deer, which is causing issues, especially in my realm. Moving on, we've got an uh, announcement of A2X partnering with Rewind. Um, if you've listened to previous podcasts, you have probably heard us talk about Rewind, that they're a data backup for cloud-based systems, um, focused mostly over in the US, but they got quite a bit of funding. And part of that funding was that they were going to move into um, UK as well as supporting other systems. And this partnership with A2X is one of those, something that we may have actually predicted back when we discussed this first. So it's just backing up all the data that comes into A2X through all the e-commerce channels, um, because as something we probably should delve into in in depth on another episode, the backup policies of the cloud providers only cover a small area. So it's usually if something goes fundamentally wrong in any of those servers, not if someone goes in corrupts data or you pull information down or an integration with another app causes errors, you can't restore any of your data from their backups. That's where a system like Rewind comes in. So we're seeing a lot more partnerships. I believe they were looking to partner with Zero, and that has not come through as far as we've seen. But this is something that A2X have also been pushing towards because they had some changes in leadership recently as well. I've got something else regarding payroll this side. So KeyPay has now integrated into Sage Business Cloud. Um, another partnership for Sage. So KeyPay is one of uh, a few in the UK that are native cloud and supports a lot of HR apps. So the integration into Sage actually brings not just that partnership with KeyPay, but partnership with lots of potential HR systems. Now, given that Sage are building out their own payroll solution with what was formerly Cake HR, which is now Sage HR sitting on top of it, it's an interesting pivot. But as we discussed in many ways, Sage have changed from just being Sage brand now being the ecosystem and this just helps cement that um, new policy this is a really clever move by sage and it shows the power of this platform and the potential it brings for them given that KeyPay is probably one of their major competitors in that space and we know that there are still a hell of a lot of accountants in the uk using sage payroll you know they've now got data feeding in you know a direct competitor effectively coming onto their platform giving them some really healthy interesting insights and yeah very clever very interesting well when you peel the QuickBooks label off QuickBooks Advanced Payroll, it's KeyPay. KeyPay powers so much more stuff. Um, uh, they came to the UK. They were struggling to break into the UK. QuickBooks were looking for a decent payroll provider to white label. And KeyPay's already got white labeling built in. So I'm running four different white labeled payroll solutions at the moment under KeyPay. If a client came to me and said, I don't want my employees knowing who's running my payroll, I can put their brand on it and give them another branded payroll product. Nice. So QuickBooks took them on and used them for their advanced payroll solution. So I wonder, because the, the payroll solution for QuickBooks is far better than the zero one. And now it makes sense because they're just using Keeper. 
Something different, payroll at the push of a button. Iris and Revolut have joined forces in a new payroll partnership. It's a tie-up, so it was announced that Iris's Cascade HR and payroll system will allow access to Revolut's on-demand pay product. There's about 1,200 companies that use Iris Cascade, and they can opt to allow employees to access the Revolut's on-demand pay tool. It allows them to draw down part of their earned wages in advance for a flat fee and no charge. To the, to the employers. The tool is similar to the get paid early feature from the Neobank Monzo. The main takeaway that I had from this is that it is a different lower cost alternative to some of the, the options that an employee could take like credit cards or payday loans, which is great because most of those systems are designed with high interest rates. And so generally get people into trouble with debt and interesting innovation. And one that our cornerstone sponsor, Comma, were also looking at in terms of being able to get an integration directly into their payroll systems so that they can help employees get paid a bit quicker. So this is something that is key over in America. There's been a lot of development over there of getting employees paid faster using different tools. First bit I've seen in this, John, have you seen any products doing the same yeah i have because we covered the revolute product when it was launched on the app news a long time ago and probably their main competitor or the most significant player in this market in the uk is wage stream and the main difference between the Re- revolute product and the wage stream product is that for wage stream it's the employer that pays the charges to facilitate access to that pay earlier than your pay date whereas revolute push that cost onto the employee as an employer providing the benefit of what you're looking to do here i'd much rather as an employer take that cost and use wage stream than to have the other way around and and the employee having to pay to get access to their wages early when they've earned them and they're entitled to that full pay without deduction. So that's just a personal preference. So interesting that Iris have got into bed with Revoluts and and not chosen to go with Wagestream. Maybe they'll do that in the future. But as an employer with conscience, I'd rather use Wagestream than Revolut. And then feeding onto that, some open banking news. Who'd have thought it? So (laughs) NatWest have just announced that they've begun pilot testing the use of variable recurring payments in their PayIt product. So PayIt has been around for a little while and effectively is like it's a mashup of Cresco and Comma for those people that are familiar with that space. So you can both take payments from customers and make payments on their product. At the moment, you're only able to do single payments. There's no batch payments, nothing like that. And the main use of variable recurring payments that they've implemented in the product, for anyone that's not familiar with this, is this is the next iteration of direct debit. So this is your direct debit, but open banking style. So a little bit more effective and a bit more efficient. That's what they've implemented in there. So if you want to send an invoice out to a customer and take that payment off them, there's a one-click authorization. And then that comes out in the same way that if you were sending something out uh, and had to get a direct debit mandate signed initially, digitally or physically, um, and then we're sending an invoice for payment and it gets collected a few days later. This is a little bit different because you, you can get that authorization and take that payment all in one click. And because the payment comes on faster payments, you're not having to wait for the direct debit to be processed, the payment to be collected and then cleared. So it works. Pay it's only available if you bank with NatWest. So you have to open a NatWest bank account. So again, limitations and comparisons to Cresco, Comma and others that we've mentioned in the past because they are bank agnostic, which is obviously the flavour of the month. Another little quick tidbit, salaries for payroll jobs have risen 
by 15% as there's increased competition and talent shortages in the space. Our lovely chap on our first episode, Barry Matthews, who joined us and obviously had moved on, was talking about the fact that there is just increased demand in this space overall as hybrid working has continued. So guys, I don't know if you have found that in this space and whether you have any thoughts on it. Yes taps into what we talked about on a previous pod in, in the fact that in professional services, especially in the legal sector, they were predicting 25 pay increases for new starters or people moving jobs. They weren't predicting the same level of accountancy, but they were predicting around 15%. So that ties in quite well. Whether we see that across all accountancy firms as a 15% rise, but I am seeing as probably every person out there is seeing 10% increases minimum and in all costs from suppliers. And we're having to consider in the same way, passing on that increase to our client base. We've gone from that historic side where it was slow wage increase, slow inflationary increase on any charges to now just jumping up to double digit increases. And it's not a shock to me to see that payroll is at 15%. I've got a bit of news. Tax giant Ryan has bought a R&D specialist called Catax in the UK, expanding into the UK market. I have no other information about this, but I just like the idea of a giant Ryan appearing in the UK. So I thought I'd bring it into app news. Is this like the jolly green giant? <laughs> yeah, well, we're not jolly. We're angry ginger uh, giant Ryan. That's how we work. It's because you're doing tax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what's making us angry. Right. Okay. Let's get back to a little bit of normality then. So got a little bit of funding news for a fairly new product called Atlantic Money that has just raised four and a half million dollars of funding at Series A. And they are effectively creating a new money transfer fintech trying to challenge the likes of Wise and PayPal. So really focusing on that foreign exchange international money transfer market. And the difference between them and the others where the others have a sliding scale of fees you pay a fixed fee of £3 for money transfers. And their main gambit is they're, they're trying to go with this fixed fee because the other products are charging unjustifiable fees, which might raise eyebrows, particularly in the WISE team, because they had a massive play and still have a massive play on the fact that the banks are overcharging for their transfer fees and that they're making it as cost-effective as possible. But this is a, a good reflection on the market, is that as things like this become much more commoditized, the pricing pressure is only going to go downwards. So good to see that we've got a new app in the, in the space. So you took one from my book then, an erase, which is a little bit different, hey, John? Oh, well, um, Ryan made me do it. Yeah, Ryan made you. So there was a really interesting announcement that happened in the last week, which is Lloyds Bank invested 5 million into Satago for a 20% stake, predominantly in the platform for its single invoice finance and whole of book invoice factoring customers. Really interesting, very close to home for me. And so I am very interested in hearing everyone's opinion on this because it would take the evaluation of Satago at 20 million. And it seems to suggest that Lloyds are making a very big play just for that financing space within Satago and something that Satago has pushed a lot of over the last few years is its credit control and analytics 
side of the business. Whereas this would suggest it's doubling down and making sure that it really is about its financing and factoring options. And of course, being that this is something that I work in, it is telling that it is a bank that's making that investment into this space because so many of them have recently tried to make more bids into the fintechs as uh, we saw with Oak North acquiring Fluidly a couple of months back. So yeah, really intriguing and interested in your opinion, guys. What do you think? So Sotago were very visible in the app marketplace before it became the app store in zero going back in the day and they would try and compete against chaser they struggled in that and pivoted more to their financing model and became quieter in the space to be honest but there's history in the fact that bark is support market invoice i believe it's called and so lloyd's buying or a significant stake in satago isn't a big shock especially as the lloyd's financing model was quite manual and they needed to streamline that process so not a big surprise. The valuation's a bit of a surprise. It feels toppy, but Lloyd's needed to jump into this. But that's just me. Um, you know, from a valuation perspective, I'm not an expert. Indeed, do you think that that valuation is toppy, or do you think that actually they could have got a lot more money? They could have got a lot more money. I was quite surprised. It's quite a low valuation, especially in this space where you've got the likes of Billy and even with uh, Fluidly's and you. Know, capitalize with experience there is a big demand for financing products at the moment fintech and embedded finance in particular the alternative finance market in the uk is anywhere between four and six billion in terms of value so i was very surprised to see that it was a 20 million valuation and speculation perhaps they haven't had quite as much traction as they had first with some of the accountants and clients that use the product this is a common recurring theme in the market is that single funding platforms just don't work particularly well in the ecosystem. They really struggle to get penetration because, as Ryan said, Satago started out really as a credit control app and was you know, probably one of the first in there built very much specifically for the UK market. So it didn't have a huge amount of international appeal, but was a really credible product and genuinely worthwhile using problem is once they brought funding online is that they then started trying to sell you funding and selling it to all of your clients every single day of the week and that's just a massive turnoff for most accountants and that's where it's better to go direct to market on those kind of things reading the press release on this it sounds by all accounts that lloyds have acquired effectively a technology platform there to make their lending more streamlined because we all know banks technology is generally crap and they all need to improve that so the real test for me is will either my large shares go up in value that i've still got because they've been making more money out of deals or will the value of deals go down because i've got better technology to make this more streamlined and so it'd be better for businesses and consumers that's the real test of this investment nothing else matters i see john it's all about how much money you make from it and that's the key thing here well, it's all about money, isn't it? You don't make these investments without expecting a return. That's as simple as it gets. You know, and will Lloyd's being on the Satago platform help them to sell more new business? Maybe a little. It's going to be marginal. But will having access to the technology platform make them more efficient? Absolutely, it should be. And so there's got to be an impact somewhere, either on bottom line or a cost of lending. So listeners, to find out how the acquisition went, tune in to future podcasts to see how John's shares have gone up or down over time. Yeah, interesting. Um, the other thing then is that Visa have completed their acquisition of Tink. 
who you mentioned earlier, the open banking platform, and is expected to enable clients to deliver substantial benefits for consumers and businesses to better control their financial experiences, manage their money, financial data, and their financial goals. So good one. Not sure if there's anything more to add on that. Well, as we've talked about on the pod before, you've got a lot of these payment platforms that are using open banking to bypass the likes of Visa. So if they buy an open banking platform, well, they're covering that transition and still making money by the utilization of that platform. So very smart from Visa. Touching on what we talked about earlier, it sounds like some of the bank feed issues that Zero were having were linked to a transition from OpenWorks being bought by Tink. And now Zero have made an announcement that it's all right, we've resolved this, we've put lots of effort in, and then Tink have been bought by Visa. Could we foresee some uh, future issues coming from these bank feeds? Who knows? Hopefully Visa don't go in and dabble with this. They just leave the platform as it is. It makes sense. They don't need to do anything. It just works alongside the product, but we'll have to wait and see. Let's let's hope there's no future... (laughs) bank feed issues because otherwise the whole world will go mad won't they like the accountancy world will be up in arms like, i agree it's good diversification for visa we know that mastercard have been looking in this space tinker probably recognized as the largest third-party provider at the moment and good for them in the u.s market because we know that the uk market's the most advanced open banking market at the moment the the u.s market's definitely the least advanced and also have gone down the non regulatory development route and so if they can get a foothold there the size of that market compared to the uk is is absolutely huge and there's a huge opportunity to them to leverage not just that marketplace but internationally the whole network and that will be incredibly valuable to them final one is that steady pay has secured 3.8 million in series a investment for those of you who aren't familiar with steady pay they are the first of their kind is a platform that's designed to support the fast-growing gig economy. So contractors, freelancers, solopreneurs who use the platform and at present have not really got a lot of financial services options available to them. And most of the lending that they experience is prohibitively expensive or it's not as transparent or it's too complicated for this demographic because they don't have the credit ratings available to benefit from other types of lending. So SteadyPay tracks its users' financial data in real time, and then it's going to provide them with a range of different products that are going to improve this financial stability for those customers for those partnerships that are working within that gig economy. This is something that is not new, but the money that they will use is going to enhance and extend its product and service in the UK market. This is a common problem with most small solopreneurs who don't really have a lot of options available to them. And it's a side hustle for most of them, like us guys. And we need to build up our own credit data to get that access to cheaper financing so that was another interesting raise i've never heard of it before have you heard of it before no no interesting first of its kind you see so but it's not the first of its kind there have been other applications that have come out and they have tried to improve the credit rating but they haven't connected that financing piece and most of the time when these raises happen now they're also committing that capital raise not just to the equity but to financing 
the debt. So that's unique. And that's probably coming because there is so much access to investors and credit that it's been made easier through things like COVID. Prior to SteadyPay, there were other platforms that would say, okay, we can improve your credit rating so that you can get a cheaper cost of financing. And those still exist. We've got capitalized for that, Mm -hmm. for instance. But the fact that they're now able to raise a good amount of money to service the debt is of its time. Well, by first it's kind, I meant that in providing that financial stability. So without without able to to link to that financing side, they can't solve that problem. And it's an area that you know has grown significantly and, and needs some solutions in. So it's good to see something coming into this space. Um, and it's got it's got good potential to grow. Three point eight million Series A is is quite healthy. We've got a lot of money there to really deepen the the product and and make it efficient as well as marketing to get to as many of those people as well. It's possible because it's not easy to market directly to gig workers. It's clever though. I had a look on the website after we picked this up and it's quite intelligent because it looks at your average income and then says this month's lower than normal. Do you want to top it up by a few hundred pounds? So from that point of view, just helping to manage that cash flows. I'd like to get my teeth into the product just to really understand how it uses both that historic information and then maybe forward-looking information that might be sitting in a free agent, for example, because that's the type of product that people will be using and how it manages that. Because if you've had a really good couple of years and then you have a really shitty couple of years, how does it manage that risk from a point of view that you just keep drawing down with no potential upside in the future? But for a seasonal business and other things, you're a great idea. Hey Ryan, I'd love to talk about one of our cornerstone sponsors, Comma. They're a bulk payments platform built on open banking, which as you know, is my favorite subject. But would you like to fill us in a little bit more about what they do? Yeah, well, I see Comma as um, a pioneering app in the bank payment space. They're built on the open banking payment rails. They connect to all of the major cloud accounting platforms and most of the high street banks pulling information from one system through into the other one to automate that process gives you visibility of all your payments and with one click bulk and scheduled payment runs and they focus on security and time saving and because it's built on open banking it's a single fixed fee so no matter how much you use it it doesn't increase based on transaction volume i know it's excellent and if anyone is interested in finding out a bit more about comma or even signing up to the platform you can go to their website which is usecomma.com that's u-s-e-c-o-m-m-a.com and you'll find out more about the platform and how to get on board. I like this gelée, though. Strategic partner, QuickBooks. Mm. You're reading it. That's tiny. Why pay for clothes when someone else is going to pay for them for you? Exactly. Oh my God. Have you met John in person? My wife is moaning about the fact that I haven't bought any clothes for probably about six or seven years. What's me to buy new clothes for? fashion yeah thing, is it? <clears throat> yeah it is it's a new thing is that like when you get a bikini and you just leave the plastic bit in the gusset and then wear it on holiday and then take it back i wouldn't know because i've never done that when was the last time you did that john i've given up wearing bikinis now that i moved on to the borat fund but it's your body can't you can't support the uh, bikinis anymore and john let yourself go mate let it, let it all go it's all sagging <laughs> in the wrong places so, as John mentioned at the start of the show, we have got the great Johan Gori on our pod today, and we're going to be diving into the realms of QuickBooks Online. Now, John and I are definitely not experts in QuickBooks, as you probably know from us talking on the show. Although we talk about the news in the area, we work more closely with the likes of Zero. So, it's great to have Johan on that can open our eyes to what QuickBooks are doing, because I've found it's harder to actually find what's, what updates are going on. And I know QuickBooks Connect has recently. Um, 
been on, in which Johan was part of, as one of the six strategic partners in the UK and Ireland. It'd be great to get his insight. So firstly, Johan, could you please just explain what a strategic partner is in the realms of Intuit and QuickBooks? Yeah, so strategic partner, there's six of us across the UK and Ireland who form a panel to help QuickBooks understand the accounting world that they are plugging their product in, help them reprioritize what they are developing. Developers are very good at being told, this is a problem. And then they go and build this whole new feature with no experience of implementation and how it works in practice and how it works dealing with clients. So we're there from that point of view to help provide early stage feedback on alpha and beta testing. We are there to help promote the brand the cloud connectivity and the value of cloud accounting to our client base in a way that TV adverts, radio, et cetera, might not be able to reach. We put at least some background and explanation behind it. And we've decided that QuickBooks is the tool of choice for our practices over other alternative solutions that are also available on the market. Nicely put. So on that basis, I would assume you are all in on QuickBooks at your, your firm, which is On Point Accounting Group. Is that right? Yeah, we are all in, at least I am, with my trainers, my socks, my books, my t-shirts, etc. But we have clients that have got zero. We've got clients that are on free agent. We acquire other firms and they've got people on Sage and stuff like that. So it's not a QuickBooks on nothing. As new clients sign up, we recommend QuickBooks over the others, but we're not going to turn around and say we can't work with you just because you're on Zero or Sage or something. And if Zero Free Agent or Sage is better for that company, then we're not going to force them off it either. Yeah, um, I, I would say you're similar to uh, the likes of John and I and my firm, which is we're technically software agnostic, but we have a preference that you know yeah. we feel works best for our client base. So. To put that in context then, would you be able to talk a little bit about what your client base is so that people get an understanding of why QuickBooks is the, the right well, system for that? Yeah, so On Point Accounting Group is a combination of four brands, soon to be five, and they all really work with startup through to million pound companies. Less than 2% of our clients are over £600,000 turnover. 50% are in the first three years of their life, under 100 to £200,000 turnover. So they're the kind of clients that we love working with because we're there for the journey. We get the buzz of them growing. We get the buzz of overcoming challenges uh, that startups face. And affordability is a huge factor in the first few years. So QuickBooks' product offering is often the most affordable solution for them in the way they, they do their pricing, the extra features come in and they don't get added on. So like projects doesn't cost an extra five pound per person per month, etc. So it was the, the right solution for our client base when we started yeah, yeah. out and still is for us. One bit that I want to delve into, and obviously you're perfectly placed as the strategic partner is We've found when we're trying to provide insights on QuickBooks updates that it's harder to get that information, especially UK specific. It seems to be easy to find that on the US product where there's lots of releases, UK less so. Is there specific areas that individuals and people that work with QuickBooks should be going to get these insights? Or is there something that QuickBooks are working on developing to improve this? Do you know? So at one point before COVID, they used to do a quarterly update. You've got winter, spring, summer and autumn. 
COVID happened and everyone started working from home. Up till today, Intuit in the US dictate the rules for all the other QuickBooks offices. So because they've only just gone back to working from offices in the US, the UK team are only just starting to be allowed to go back. So that's slow development. But at the start of COVID, they launched a huge batch of features that were going to be drip fed originally over the space of the next two years. So things like cash flow tool, that was meant to be released late 2020. It suddenly got released March 2020 because the clients needed that tool to help them predict their cash flow for the upcoming COVID crisis. So a lot of developments launched early. A lot of have been delayed due to COVID and it's actually left us with a bit of a dry spell. Most Aaron Patrick, myself, were all very openly admitted saying that the last couple of QuickBooks Connect events have been a bit low on new things like QuickBooks Banking. We were really hoping that was going to be released this month in QuickBooks Connect. Nick Williams was scheduled to do a 30-minute presentation as the keynote. That got delivered in 20 minutes. The speculative of us out there is thinking, well, maybe there was meant to be an announcement about QuickBooks Banking, for example, but if it's not ready, they cut it. Because some of the feedback we've given as the strategic partners is, if you're going to announce something, deliver. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Let's come up back onto QuickBooks Banking in a bit because yeah. we've touched on this in the pod before from the US side. Maybe a good to talk about what that experience might be over the US and how that might you know appear in the UK. But obviously, we, we mentioned in the app news about the fact that QuickBooks Connect they've developed this or are developing a tax filing and system. Mm-hmm. And they've launched their initial part of MTD ITSA and how that would look, as well as the development of working papers and refinessing the payroll solution. You were part of the QuickBooks Connect presentations. Is there anything that you can delve into that we've missed or that um, you can elaborate in any of those key areas that you think are actually going to be really powerful going forward? No, it also explains why we've seen so little elsewhere from QuickBooks, because we haven't QuickBooks haven't gone out and brought a tax software and relabeled it to zero tax or whatever again. You know, they've not done what Zero and Sage have done. They're building it from scratch. So to build out tax file or tax count from scratch with nothing at all, it's a big job. So yes, when you count it as a tally, they've not announced a lot, but what they're announcing are huge developments that are going to take a lot of money and resource to build out. But the main features were MTD ITSA, we got a preview of what that looks like. That I saw a preview a few months ago, and it's already come a long way already. We've got MTD uh, books to tax. Now, that originally, I wasn't expecting that for a few more years. I thought that was going to come along when we get corporation tax hits MTD, basically. But they're bringing that forwards, so that's looking good. They've upgraded working papers, another step. That's been out there for a year now. It's very underutilized, but we've been using it and we love it. So yeah, there's not been much, but what they're developing is huge in the long run. It's going to be better for us that we've got a built from scratch product built into QuickBooks and they're going to be more powerful sooner rather than later because they're not having to re-engineer what something they brought off the shelf. Yeah, I completely understand that. There's a good argument that when Zero made that purchase, they're they had to com- completely rebuild it because it's taken so long to get to a working product. Um, they could have built it from scratch, similar to what QuickBooks have done. One thing that would be interesting to know, and I don't, I don't know if this is something they've announced, but a massive bugbear of the zero working papers working with zero taxes, they don't 
they don't really integrate. There's no flow between being able to see draft accounts, et cetera, from things you do in working papers. You always have to push it back into the ledger. Do you, if does QuickBooks work in the same way, or does the zero uh, the QuickBooks working papers integrate into the QuickBooks tax product? The way they've done it is they started with working papers. They built that and launched it a year ago. And this is just another tab on that working papers feature. So it's not a separate product. It's the growth of working papers. So we've got a tab for tasks, which is our workflow, a tab for documents, so we can store all our bank balance statements, et cetera, on there. Got a tab for review and adjust anything on your trial balance. Then it goes through to your statements for your financial accounts. And then from there, it's going to go into accounts production and then into tax return within the same windows. Well, that completely makes sense. And obviously, that flow could have come about from utilising your skills as a strategic partner, bouncing mm-hmm. the ideas off of you and getting that feedback rather than going out and building it. Let's jump back to what you're talking about with QuickBooks Banking, because there's a lot of announcements, as you say, about what's going on over in the US. Lots of development there, lots of products that really like sync Credit Karma being one of those um, what they're doing with QuickBooks Live. Are you aware, is there a plan to bring a lot of those products over to the UK? You mentioned QuickBooks Banking. And if so, do you, any of the timelines regarding that? You might not be able to talk about all of it, but it makes sense to me to try and duplicate what they've got over in the US and the UK. Yeah. So. Everything happens in the US first. That's their home ground. That's where their biggest audience is. We tend to find things are filtered from the US into Canada, into the UK, because there is an adjustment to get it from the US to Canada. And the Canadian systems in a lot of places are fairly similar to the UK. So it makes that step into the UK a lot smaller. But we're anticipating QuickBooks banking. So it will be a QuickBooks bank account like we see in the US. It's not a copy and paste job. It's got to be built from scratch for the UK because banking regulations and stuff are different. In the US, you can, once you've got a QuickBooks bank account, you can get your invoices paid by QuickBooks and then you... QuickBooks will keep the payment when the invoice payment comes from the customer. So there's factoring and stuff all in there. That is expected to come to the UK. But again, credit rules and stuff are very different in the UK. So it needs a lot of consideration and time spent on it. One of the big products in the US, which is lacking in the UK market, is QuickBooks Advanced. So QuickBooks Advanced is designed for your medium-sized businesses upwards, the more complex ones, which at the moment, Sage have just got this and NetSuite have got a domineering position in the UK no one really has anything to challenge them whereas QuickBooks could bring in QuickBooks Advanced to do that that's been launched into Canada now the plan is for it to come to the UK and I've I've seen indicative timelines but I couldn't tell you what those are oh um, we, can't, we, we can't break you we can't no. get the new the information out it would make sense given that their you know QuickBooks desktop is is not being supported from December 22 that QuickBooks Advanced came over around that time because a lot of the features that are in QuickBooks Desktop are not replicated in the UK version of QuickBooks Online, but maybe not replicated, but there's similar things in QuickBooks Advanced. One one thing I do have a question about, though, is is there frustration on your side in seeing all these new services, all these new options and, and features over in the US that are not going to be in the UK, at least in the short term, but maybe ever? Is there a frustration from being a QuickBooks strategic partner on that side? Or is that just something you accept because you, it's like the baby brother to the, the huge US mammoth? Yeah, I mean, so we deal with small startup businesses. QuickBooks Advance coming to the UK doesn't bother me in the least because it's not relevant to any of our client base. So that's fine. There are other QuickBooks partners in the UK who it's a major frustration for 
because they deal with the medium-sized businesses upwards and they want QuickBooks Advanced. And until they've got it, they can't be a die-hard QuickBooks-only brand. So members of the strategic partners are frustrated by that. But for us, in our case, it is of no relevance. We see stuff out there that, like, QuickBooks Banking in America then has the ability for you to have a QuickBooks, like a hockey puck, where you can tap your card and pay, bit like sum up. The answer to that in the UK is they've got a very close partnership with Zettel. So we don't really miss that feature. What we tend to find is what they don't have their own of in the UK is replaced by a close partnership in the UK to replicate the same product and service from the US. Okay, just not quite as deeply integrated, not as um, yeah. strong, a, yeah, not as robust a flow, etc. Diving back to the working paper side we were talking about and the tax product, something that Sage are pushing now is to make an agnostic tool in which they're supporting the wider community. And that's their pitch to try and bring those existing Zero and QuickBooks partners into the, the Sage brand. Is that something that QuickBooks have done or is it you have to be using a QuickBooks license to be able to utilize the tool? So you do need to use a QuickBooks license to utilize the tool in the same way you would have to use a Zero license to use a Zero payroll. For us, that's not been an issue because what we've done is if our clients are using free agent or zero, which are the other two we support, we have a workflow that goes, right, let's sort out assets and depreciation, let's check our payroll balances, et cetera. And then we take that trial balance, put it into a QuickBooks license and put it for our working papers, process through QuickBooks with the plan of then processing the accounts and tax return there. So we are still using the same one solution from working papers upwards it's not the most affordable solution but compared to the amount i'm going to be saving by not having to have a tax filing software accounts filing software bolt on in a year's time it's worth it yeah you got to weigh the, the pros and the cons and yeah. efficiency gains and also against trying to bolt on another system so we talked a little bit about why you have chosen to have quickbooks that you are partnering you're gone all in on do you still benchmark against the other products? Do you look at Zero, Sage? Because Sage, they seem to have, have pivoted now and have come back in, you know, quite strong in the in the cloud sense. Obviously, you work a bit with Free Agent. Do you benchmark on a regular basis to to say, well, maybe if if this happened, like for example, with buying Locate, they might have a, you know great inventory in the future. I'm speculating here, but that may be possible. Is there something that would go, actually, it'd be really good to pivot? Or because you're so embedded with QuickBooks now, something would have to fundamentally change to make you re- rethink who you work with? I've been running practices within the OnPoint Accounting Group now for five years. And for the first few years, we benchmarked. And it was like, oh, grass is greener, bit of envy about that one feature type thing. But I can't say I have in the last 18 months. QuickBooks is right for our client base. But don't get me wrong, if we get a contractor who's got an RBS bank account, who's not got any ambitions to employ anyone, they're just going to be a contractor that's probably going to be hit by IR35 at some point, then we tell them to go to free agent because it's free software with their RBS bank account and free agent is fantastic for contractors. So that's the right tool for them. But I've not seen anyone release anything where I've gone, oh, I wish QuickBooks had that. The cash flow tool, QuickBooks launched before Zero did. We don't benchmark anymore and, It's actually, it's no longer about the features. It's about the ethics and the morals and the ethos behind the software now, which had some bearing originally. When I was a one-man band, getting from zero to whatever you want to get to, it really, really annoyed me that 
you got ranked on Zero's directory listing based on the amount of licenses you had, whereas QuickBooks, it was based on number of uh, reviews that are five-star, geographic location, and whether you had done both QuickBooks certificates or just the one. That, to me, meant the small guy had the opportunity. Yeah, um, yeah. I think so, it's an interesting viewpoint because the Zero app directory um, has, <laughs> you know, being a bigger firm, we get like no, no leads. It definitely does not work for, for bigger yeah. firms. It's the impression it's given um, mm-hmm. over time. They've definitely pitched that wrong. I don't see it as a lead generator. I know they've talked about that before. They've gone away from that as a, as a, a marketing tool to accountancy firms. Um, but it's interesting what you talk about ethics because obviously Zero pushed very heavily. They're a very ethical firm. And QuickBooks historically have obviously been this big BMF. You don't think of them like Intuit. Mm-hmm. You don't think of them as being massively ethical. I know they've pivoted, Intuit have pivoted towards being very pro going green mm-hmm. and supporting businesses in going green. Is it that side rather than the general ethical conversations that Intuit have? Or was there something specific on the, the ethical uh, I side? Mean, the going green bit, that's become more important. If you go onto YouTube, you'll find a couple of fantastic videos from QuickBooks starring myself and a couple of my clients and how it's easy to be green when you've got the right accountant supporting you to understand it and the financial benefits are going green but the main bit was actually the way they look after their staff one of my biggest gripes with zero was I went for a different account manager on a bi-monthly basis and in five years at QuickBooks I've had three account managers and two of those were because we were getting bigger and they moved us on to more senior account managers and I know the first guy is still there. I'm very aware that there is movement. People do come and go, but they don't seem to reshuffle or get through as many account managers as other softwares do. A lot of that's because they're ranked in the top five, at least, if not in the top three, as some of the best employers in most of the countries they operate in now. They're constantly being told everyone at QuickBooks is off today for mental health day. They're going to have a, a day of rest, etc. And that has a really positive effect on the team that you're dealing with on a daily basis. So yeah, yeah. it certainly has a, an impact on my impression. And we've seen that feedback as well. Zero have struggled at times um, with their growth and how that's supported by the account managers. There's been a lot of transition over COVID, how they, they dealt with certain areas and, and reacting to to supporting firms and clients over COVID were probably not appreciated by the accountants because they just did not feel that they stepped up in the way they should. But it's definitely interesting to get that, that feedback because the perception zero really do push the ethical side. But from the staff side, you completely understand yeah. where, you, where you're coming from. Um, it'd be interesting to also talk a bit about the, the, ecos- the ecosystem. Zero pride themselves on the amount of apps that they got. They had the, the Zero App Marketplace. They now got the Zero App Store which they're now charging apps to be part of to have that deeper integration. And QuickBooks have grown their marketplace alongside Zero. It's been quite com- competitive in that area. Is that something you look at? Because obviously, if you've got smaller um, businesses, are they really utilising the, the QuickBooks marketplace, the apps that go alongside that? Yeah, no, we are constantly monitoring that. And I suppose that's probably my biggest bugbear is new software and, AP- and apps go to Zero first. And I didn't understand why. But then... At the accounting web conference, I went to one of the first sessions in the morning where they were delivering the feedback from the research they've been doing. Everyone that's classed themselves as an early adopter was a zero-led practice. Well, if you're a startup app and you've seen that research and you're aware of that fact, the first people you want to get on board are early adopters. So what app do you build out to first? You go to zero. So I get it. It frustrates me and I'm 
constantly championing apps that want to connect to QuickBooks. And if I can shine a light on them and fantastic, but that I get why Zero comes first. It's because of research like that. Yeah. And Zero have built their entire model around that. I'm not sure they intended that at the start. They wanted an open model, collaborative um, effort, and they've realized they've cottoned onto something here. They've got apps that come to them. They, they get a lot of engagement from their client base, not necessarily accountants, but businesses that engage with the apps. And as you say, it's the early adopters tend to be zero firms. But that said, you're part of the early adopters hub mm-hmm. um, and you're pushing the QuickBooks side. So it could be that that starts to change over time. The other thing I would mention is the the zero API traditionally has been seen as being more robust than the QuickBooks one because restrictions from what QuickBooks place on their API. Is that something that you've experienced or do you think that's changed now? Is that actually um, something that's been built into the minds of accountants and actually the QuickBooks API, how QuickBooks worked with apps has you know come on to be pretty much equal to, to zero? The zero API is still stronger. It's still more robust and more diverse. It has access to more parts of zero than the QuickBooks one does, but there's definitely a, a movement in the right direction there. A lot of the issue, when I speak to app partners that are in the UK, for example, I'm they're constantly saying that we've got to speak to the API guys that are based in America or Australia or India, that QuickBooks have got teams all over the world. I had a major issue three or four months ago, just before Christmas, we lost everything. We lost access to everything in QuickBooks. But for 24 hours, I was on and off constant Zoom calls with a escalated uh, support team that had people sitting there from India, Australia, America, Canada, the UK, just fixing my one problem. But then if you think, if they've got people split all over those different time zones looking after different bits and pieces, then, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Whereas if Zero have a API team for Zero UK in the UK, it's going to be more direct. Yeah, the feedback we get from apps is it's easier to build into Zero, and you do get quicker adoption. And then they build QuickBooks next. QuickBooks is generally the second one they build into. And, yeah, you might not get the, the newest app on the on the block, but if the app is good, they're going to build quickly into QuickBooks. So it may be a benefit. You may get the people that are testing that software, tweaking it before it comes over to QuickBooks, and then it's, it's more streamlined. Um, but it'd be interesting to touch on, based on some of my experiences with QuickBooks over the past, some frustrations in that area. Historically, zero was generally looked at as really robust, never went down. This year and then last year, that changed because they had issues. They've held their hands up. Historically, when I worked with QuickBooks, there would be two massive frustrations. First would be pop-ups. They still have pop-ups that appear, which feels like an outdated software. Who blooming has pop-ups anymore? Yeah blockers that stop that anyway and then the other one is the green ring of death which is the loading circle for quickbooks mm-hmm. and nowadays i don't even think it's on the screen that long but it's putting that image there that that actually tells people there's a delay in loading when you work with the software maybe that isn't as painful but for me it's basically saying weakness it's flashing weakness at me if they didn't even have that loading circle and it just took an extra second i probably wouldn't notice but do you and your team get frustrated any of that or because you're working it so long it's just when these things all occur every now and then one of my team members will say oh it's quickbooks running slow and i'll be like i've not got any problems but for some reason they've just got a really local problem because our team's dotted across the whole of the uk we have offices but no one apart from myself really works in them so 
whether that's their home internet or whether it's QuickBooks, I don't know. I don't see a problem the majority of the time. Yes, there are days when it's a bit slower, but accountancy manager, our practice management platform, it was painfully slow on deadline day for tax returns. It's just built up demand. Part of it is we judge everything against the tax calc circle of doom. So because tax calc was, is this server somewhere else in the world and it's a link to software. And I used to work in, live in rural Perthshire where on a good day, you got 0.5 megabytes of speed. Like we spent our life dealing with the circle of doom and compared to that, we don't have a problem. Um, but the bit that then outweighs it all for us is if there's a couple of us getting that circle of death, I can pick up a phone. Any QuickBooks accountant can pick up a phone, ring them. Is there a problem? No, that's a, not generically. Let's have a look. Whereas if I was using zero, I'd have to send off an email and wait for a response 24 hours later when it's already fixed itself. Yeah, I, I completely understand. There's been a lot of frustration on the zero side. It was something they prided themselves on and, and they're fessed up. It's not good enough. And actually, the support. I'd like to talk about the support because that's a massive frustration of anyone that uses zero is, is the support. The ticketing system works in some instances, but it does not work for a lot. And we as a firm have to provide zero support to our clients and phone and email support because they are just frustrated in talking to zero. And although it, they can argue it's got slightly better over the years, it's still just a painful experience. Whereas my experience of QuickBooks Online support is you can call someone up, you get through quickly, you can do a share screen instantly through the tool that's in there. It's just a really pleasant experience. So that's something that swayed you also to, to work with QuickBooks? Yeah, no, it had a huge sway on us. I mean, so I'm dyslexic. So writing and reading is not my forte. I've taught myself out of most of it. So it's not a huge issue on day-to-day life. But me trying to explain to someone via an email or even a I mean, chatbot on a website, what an issue is, can take me a very long time, and then they don't get it. Whereas calling someone, doing a share screen, it saved me a load of time. I saw, I think, was it Dave Shellick tried to send them a Loom video to explain the problem, and they couldn't accept that for security reasons, like, who can't accept Loom video? It's, it's, It's as generic as Zoom, but they offered him a Skype call instead. Yeah, well, we've gone back to unsupported software. That, that, that was quite embarrassing no. from their side. The the other part is that they treat everyone the same. They treat clients the same as accountants that are using yeah. the software on a day-to-day basis, whereas you would expect us to have a deeper understanding. And when we're raising something, there's a problem. So being directed to a guide of how to enter an invoice into zero is probably not that helpful. So that's definitely a massive plus for, for QuickBooks. So we've, we've delved into the where's and the why's and, and why actually you are a strategic partner. I and mean, I assume it's got nothing to do with having a really cool gilet. No, no, it's got, you know, because that was another frustration of mine originally. Well, and it, in fact, it's re- recently. So it was QuickBooks swag was crap. <laughs> like it was awful compared to the amount of stuff you could get as a zero person depending on how good your account manager was, you could get all sorts of stuff. And QuickBooks wasn't really there. And I don't think it still is there. Like, I'm sure Zero still do better swag than QuickBooks ever offer. Like, they're up there with Zero and Dex are just incredible for what they can offer swag-wise. And then recently I noticed Zero are taking all their accountants out for lunch in different areas. And that's lovely. Like, I'm, I'm not saying to QuickBooks, I want a free lunch. What I'm saying is your competitors are out on the ground with their clients and they're visible. You guys, because of America, telling you what you can and can't do, aren't allowed out to come and visit face-to-face yet. You're losing ground. 
So there are still frustrations I have with them as much as break me in half, I'm probably white and green, but like there are frustrations I still have with them and I will voice them with them quite happily. But the G-Lay, the t-shirts and stuff, that's just a added bonus. It's a perk. It's not anything that affects the decision making, which is you know, no. be crazy if it was, to be honest. But that's, that's a good place to bring it to a close. Even though you're a strategic partner of QuickBooks, you're very open. You push back when they're not doing something well. And it sounds like the thing they're doing right is that strategic partnership because they're getting feedback on the software at key points to actually enhance it beyond what their competitors are doing. It's just choosing what's right for your clients. And there's a lot of accounting firms out there that I would never suggest QuickBooks is right for your client. Like... Zero is potentially a much better option for them. Sage might even be a better option. I mean, I doubt it, but you never know. Free agent, we love free agent. Although free agent, they're not good for your liver. They know how to have a late night party at a conference. But there's options out there. And I'm not saying everyone should be QuickBooks. I'm saying everyone needs to take all the options out there and work out what's best for their client base. You shouldn't have mentioned free agent and how to have a good time because we're going to lose John to some free agent parties in the near future. Well, I'd, I'd like to finish on one final question, and that is regarding adverts. Now, there's a lot of frustration um, out there on how the accounting software vendors market to potential clients directly and that QuickBooks is seen as being the most aggressive in this space in saying that the system can automate all of your accounting. Is that something that you have seen echo and feedback because by saying that you don't need an accountant, that's a very high risk strategy from QuickBooks and could annoy potential partners. Completely right. I'm one of those that will sit there in the evening and it's the only time there's any animation from me between Claire watching Neighbours and Home and Aways when the QuickBooks advert comes on. That's the bit I peek up and listen to. And it does frustrate me the way it is worded because it's technically not wrong you can file your VAT return from QuickBooks. But because they use the general term of taxes, well, no, you can't file your self-assessment. You can't file your corporation tax. All you can do is your VAT. So I do feedback that the terminology is not right. And there is a big project within QuickBooks at the moment where they are bringing accountants to the marketing team to explain what will and won't annoy us. But there is a silver lining to that. Like Earlier, you said you've never had a inquiry from zero directory i get about half a dozen a month because people have signed up to quickbooks based on a quickbooks advert and they've got into it oh i can do this i can do this and they've gone cool now what i'm stuck and they go to quickbooks and they find an accountant through the quickbooks directory so there are pros and cons to it you mentioned quickbooks live earlier that's obviously in america Everyone's been threatened for the last three years. That's coming to the UK. If you look at how they run it in America, I see it as a huge opportunity in the UK to grow your practice. Because in America, what they're doing is they're contacting bookkeepers and accountants that are out there offering book, QuickBooks already, saying, look, we've got all these clients that want bookkeeping and accounting. If you're prepared to operate under the QuickBooks Live branding and undergo our training, we'll give you a laptop you determine how many hours a week you do on this and you've got a client base. Yeah, that's really good information because we've seen this QuickBooks Live marketed over in the US and it always felt like they were hiring people to basically support <laughs> it, whereas it sounds like actually they're, they're collaborating with accounts that already exist. So maybe it's not as much of a threat coming over here. On that note, it's probably a good a good time to bring this to a close. And I want to say massive thank you, Anne, for coming on and, and you know enlightening us about the world of QuickBooks and giving us a few sneak peeks about what might be coming down um, the road. So thanks for coming on, mate, and I hope you enjoyed it. No, it's been fantastic. Thank you very much.
Okay, so that wraps up another episode of, of the pod. Hope you enjoyed that. I thought the interview and the insights from Johan were really interesting. And it's always great to get a different perspective from someone much more familiar with the QuickBooks space than Ryan and I are. And for those of you that want to reach out to Johan, um, Johan, over to you. How do we get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. More than happy for anyone to reach out and contact me and wants to have a chat. Johan, just because I'm terrible at saying and spelling people's names um just for our listeners how do you spell your name mate so it's johan j-o-h-a-n-n and gory g-o-r-e-e as ever we ask you to share everything that you love about the podcast with us and the things that you don't like give us that honest feedback because we want to constantly improve and make sure you tell everyone about the pod listen to it in the car having your breakfast whilst you're going for a jog whatever it might be make sure you spread the news reach out to us on linkedin on our website And of course, you can download the pod on pretty much any platform. So make sure you do so.